0: Hey, welcome everybody. This is Table Talk, your healthy theological radio addiction. My name is Brent Kuhlman. I'm here with Clint Poppy and Adam Moline. We've been in Matthew 24. We're going to spend some more time in Matthew 24 because it really bears talking about. Uh, Our Lord says in Matthew 24, there's going to be false Christs, false prophets. They'll arise. They'll perform great signs and wonders. So as to lead astray, if possible, even the elect, he says, look, I've told you this ahead of time. So if they say to you, look, he's in the wilderness, don't go there. If they say, look, he's in the inner room, don't believe it. And what I was trying to do the last time we talked is to just, maybe for the first time in in some of our listeners' lives, to make the connections that just because somebody has a master of divinity or who is a self-proclaimed preacher doesn't mean that they're going to preach and teach faithfully. In fact, what usually happens is they're false prophets and false Christs. And we talked about the bishop in Rome, who has the power that appears to have the appearance of godliness, but denies the power of Christianity. We've talked about in general, you know, evangelicals in America who deny the gospel just like the Pope does. And I
1: want to I want to say something about that because that's very provocative to say such a thing. Can I, can I share with you what I read on Twitter today? Sure. I read on Twitter today that in the ancient days, heretics in the church were burned at the stake today they get a book deal and they're millionaires exactly
0: now i i just lumped if people were picking up what i was throwing down even though evangelicals don't make the sign of the cross and even though they don't genuflect they're roman catholic theologians and here's what i'm talking about and adam's been waiting to talk about this rome and evangelicals are kissing cousins, or let me put it to you this way, they both sleep in the same theological bed. I like kissing cousins Well, right? because I'm an old guy. All right, so that you, you ra- 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 that's very relevant for you, isn't it? <laughs> 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 because, you know, in the days in which you grew up, you, you married your third cousin. Well, I yeah. could have. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was in love with me, but yeah. <laughs> that's a whole other story. Hey, <laughs> yes. But again, to repeat... And and this this may be shocking to people. I'm not saying this to shock people. I'm not trying to be a shock jock in any way. A Howard Stern of the Missouri Senate here, which I've been called by the way. Somebody's called me the Howard Stern of the Missouri Senate. But I'm trying to do some. What I'm trying to do is is to give high pastoral care, care to people. Namely, that you, little do we realize that the American evangelicals are Roman Catholic in theology essentially. And one of the ways is is when you deny original sin, then you push what Adam? You push free will.
2: Yeah. Or, I mean, it's always just a little tiny change, right, that uh, gets magnified over the time. Instead of just flat-out denying original sin, you start to push something else, you know. Uh, so right now what's being pushed is uh, white privilege is the the thing that everybody's guilty of, uh, privilege. Just to be more general about it, privilege is the sin that everybody's guilty of and we need to address and talk about. And yet that's not what the scripture teaches. It teaches original sin. And when we hold up the one over the other, we're introducing a new teaching and that begins the drift that over time becomes gross false doctrine, just like it did in all the other Churches. Now, the, in the medieval
0: church, there was the big debate about how much free will can a person have in order to get saved. That's my paraphrase of the medieval church. Right. So, you, you had varying theologians in the medieval church saying, well, you know, uh, like uh, Gabriel Beale, who Luther read and had memorized. You know, Luther read Gabriel Beale's uh, uh, book on the Mass. Okay. Gabriel Beale taught that man has the power within himself to save himself. All he has to do is exercise his free will and he can be saved. Other theologians in the medieval church, no, Gabriel, that's, that's not quite correct. Uh, he doesn't have total free will when it comes to salvation, but he has partial. So God gives him grace, then he exercises his free will and God rewards that to a certain extent. Point being that in the medieval church, man's will had played some role, if not a total role, in getting saved. Guess what? American evangelicals, same thing. Now I'm going to illustrate this in a conversation I had recently on vacation when I was golfing, speaking with an evangelical on my golf trip. He, when it came to salvation, was teaching that man has to choose. And so it got to the point where he said, you know, you, you Lutherans shouldn't even catechize children. You should not teach children the faith. Why not? Here's why. Because that's called indoctrination, that's called brainwashing. People should you should let the children choose for themselves whether or not they want to be saved and make Jesus the Lord and Master of their life. Now, brothers and sisters, this comes as a result of not listening to the Word of God, and by not listening to the Word of God you teach falsely. The Word of God is very clear. Psalm fifty one, for example, that from the very moment I was conceived in my mother's womb I'm a sinner. I'm a sinner. And I need a Savior. Now, when you deny that you're a, you're a sinner from the time of your conception, and of course, the, the, generally speaking, American evangelical, evangelicals say you're not a sinner until you become eight years old. When Age you, of
2: accountability. And When
0: you purposely choose to do something wrong. But see, that's not what the Bible teaches. Now, when you run with this false teaching, then who, who gets diminished or denied? Well, the Lord Jesus Christ does. He's really not the Savior of a sinner. You are because you've exercised your free will. So again, I'm going to tell you the true story. When I was in high school and I was dating a girl who was a fundamental Baptist, she and her family did not believe I was saved. And I kept telling them, yes, I am. Jesus died for me. He rose from the dead for me. I'm saved. I believe in him just as the Bible teaches. No, you're not Brent. They tell me, no, you're not. Well, then how do I need to get saved? And you know what their answer was? Invite Jesus into your heart. You, I had to do something. I had to make a decision. And so until I made a decision, I wasn't saved. Now, do you understand, folks, that when you run theology that way, or when you, when you do pastoral or theological care that way, you are taking Jesus and what he did on the cross and his empty tomb, you're saying, well, that was nice. However, it ain't enough. It isn't enough. It's up to you now. And when you teach that, you have profaned the church. You have desecrated the church, and you have profaned God's name, and you are doing what Jesus warned us about: false teaching, false prophets, etc. So you become your own Messiah.
2: Whether you the realize it or Christ not, the false
0: Christ is you. Yeah, <laughs> you replace Jesus as the Christ. So, for example, Billy Graham, who died recently, Billy Graham, uh, he could he could preach law and he could preach gospel, and at the end take it all away because he was a free willer. Now, don't misunderstand. I'm not saying that, uh, when I talk about free will, I'm talking about in terms of salvation. I'm not talking about, well, what should I wear today? Or should I eat a cheeseburger for lunch, or should I have salmon? Not talking about that. Or should I go on
1: my vegan diet or eat wild game with Pastor We're talking about salvation.
0: When it comes to salvation, we are dead in our trespasses and sins.
2: And it's these little details like this that uh, are the reason doctrine and theology matter so much to your pastor? Hopefully, (laughs) I should say hopefully, Uh, because these little tiny errors um, might not seem like a big deal, but they, they do increase in size and scope and magnitude until we are essentially without Christ. It's like uh, all of our theology is a spider web with Christ at the center. And if you clip one of those little strands that's holding uh, the center part together, the whole spider web moves and meshes around, and it's not the same spider web, and there's a different center. That's, that's not the way it can be. Christ always has to be the center. That's why the details matter.
0: Yeah. It's picking up on the words of Jesus in Matthew 24 when he says in verse 24, they'll perform great signs and wonders. You ever wondered about that, folks? They'll perform great signs and wonders. So we have, like the, like, from the time Jesus spoke those words, we too, we have, quote, faith. Uh, well we have people who claim to be able to do what? To be able to contact the dead and talk with spirits. This is, this is huge today. I mean, I've dealt with people who they think their house is haunted. These are Christian people. They think their house is haunted, and they, they call a
1: medium, the uh, television shows on uh, cable and on your dish with regard to paranormal activities huge. and uh, having seances. And, I mean, you, you you think this is a bunch of mumble jumbo? This is huge money-making stuff right now. And I am just constantly shocked how many people, how many members of our churches are really, really caught up in this stuff. It's spooky stuff. And so the medium becomes the false Christ the savior.
0: Okay. Now we've got faith healers and false prophets that just simply come out of the woodwork in America. We have, uh, I don't know if it's still going on, but I'm thinking about the times when you had people in Canada, which filtered down in the United States where they said uncontrolled laughter is a mark of the Holy Spirit. Now you might that's been going on in the revivals in the United States since the beginning of the colonies, this kind of stuff. Um, there are the likes of, I'm going to mention some names. If you, if you don't know their names, well, God bless you. Ignorance is bliss, but I'm going to go ahead and say them anyway. There are the likes of Benny Hinn. If you've ever seen Benny Hinn, he's one of these false prophets, these false messiahs. In my day, it was Oral Roberts. You know, we have a, we have a university in Oklahoma called Oral Roberts, named after him. And of course, my last name, Kuhlman. I'll never forget when I was a little boy, there was this woman on TV. Any of you remember her first name? Do you guys know? Catherine Oh yeah. Redhead, in fact. Here I am, the redhead. You're probably wondering if I'm a a descendant of Cat. I'm not a descendant of Cat. But Benny Hinn, the likes of Benny Hinn, if you don't know who Catherine Kuhlman is, look her up. She again, false prophet, false teacher. And what do they do? They take advantage of the weak and the sick by contending that if you would just believe firmly enough or believe enough in God, then nothing bad will ever happen to you. You won't get uh, sick you won't get poor etc
1: you know we have our we have our own uh, benny hen in the missouri senate and that's who paul Teske. i don't know that paul name. paul Teskey. you can go to paul dot com. missouri senate pastor since 1976 uh Paul has traveled to over 50 countries and six continents to minister in a variety of venues, including healing crusades in large stadiums, teaching, demonstrating, and imparting the gifts they receive to others in churches, camp meetings, Bible schools, seminaries, colleges, multiple appearances on television and radio, and have witnessed thousands of li- thousands of people give their lives to the Lord Jesus Christ with. Confirmed with signs, wonders, and miracles. Guys on the Missouri Senate roster.
2: Okay, there's Paul, Paul Teske. There's the famous example from just a month or two ago where uh, Kenneth Copeland was uh, caught up in blowing the uh, COVID-19 virus out of our land. There's even a, a <laughs> audio remix of it you can watch. Yeah, yeah
0: it's it. quite funny, that. too. I've seen that. And I, I want to get back to this point I made earlier about the uh, the, the false teachers thing. If you believe anything, in Jesus, enough you won't get sick and nothing bad will ever happen to you. Well, I got news tell that to Job. Remember when we, we, we a few weeks ago when we were talking about these texts from Matthew 24? I looked it up, you know, in the old Lutheran worship lectionary. This Matthew 24 text is appointed for the gospel for the third last Sunday, and the Old Testament reading is Job. So, you know, tell this to Job, you know. Uh, or tell it to Jesus, you know, or tell that to innumerable Christians all throughout the world, like in Nigeria today, or in China, in India, Indonesia, or Japan, or the Middle East. I mean, tell that tell that false prophecy stuff to them, that if you believe in Jesus enough, you won't get sick or nothing bad will happen to you.
1: Now I know we're about ready for a well, heartbreak. We, do, we don't know how to suffer. We don't know how to explain suffering. We don't know how our suffering is connected to the gospel. I think that is a bigger problem that we have uh, in Christendom and especially in Lutheranism. Right. So want, when you get back from the break, I want to talk about that again. this old
2: and empty house. So hold my hand, i walk with you, my dear.